Hey guys, this is Tony Devine uh, with Evan Kidd. Hey guys. With episode four of How We Human. Uh, today we're interviewing Joe Hova, a blogger, writer, content curator. You know, get his ideas on on branding and, and marketing and uh, what you have to do to be a successful indie artist in this day and age. Joe's done a lot of interesting stuff. Uh, like Tony said, you know, he's been in the game for a long time. He's kind of helped, you know, curate some of the most interesting underground hip-hop I've seen in a while. I checked out his website, and I really liked what I saw, you know, a combination of music videos, music, you know, articles. It, there's a lot going on, and, and it takes time. You know, Tony does curation himself, so, he, you know, he told me a little bit about what Joe does, and, it, and it's really exciting to see people pushing out content in a medium like that. You're listening to the How We Human podcast with your hosts, Evan Kidd and Tony Durban. <laughs> well, dude, we're, we're thrilled to have you here, Joe. Welcome to How We Human. You're actually our first guest. I, I know. Tony so. was telling me that in the email, and I was like so excited because like I, I've had this goal the last couple of years. I wanted to like start doing podcasts and being on people's podcasts. So to be like somebody's first like interview, I, I'm really excited for this. Yeah, yeah dude, I'm stoked. So, so no pressure. Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> so, Joe, man, how long have you been? Uh, you've been running Jehovah's Mind Frame, right? That's your. That's kind of like your your your, your dig. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it started out because because um, I uh, in college I had a radio show and I was supporting indie hip hop and local hip hop and then I graduated. But my one of my final projects was literally this this class was my professor was like create a blog. That's what you're gonna do the entire semester. So I created, it was called Prince J's Mind Frame back then because that was my on-air name. I kept going with that, you know, after I graduated. And then I went, you know, I ended up moving to Georgia and I decided it was time for a rebrand. And then I went into the whole Joe Hobas thing and that's what it's been ever since. I know that I visited it and there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of content um, mm -hmm. I noticed like, from, from music, music videos, um, a bunch of different um, self articles that you wrote, you know, um, mm -hmm. things like uh, balancing self promotion and, and content creation. These are all themes that we're exploring on <laughs> yeah. how human man. Yeah. <laughs> so good themes. So yeah. So um, I, at one point, and and this is actually like um, this actually helped me last year because I had moved and I was balancing a new job out of the field that I was accustomed to. And so I was still trying to like do six, seven, eight posts a day of music, you know, doing a music blog, stuff like that. But it wasn't working out. Like it wasn't benefiting me any, it wasn't benefiting the artists any. So I actually had a talk with my girlfriend. She's like, you know, telling me that, you know, hey, you should think about like doing something different. And so I sat down for a little bit and I kind of like refigured which way I wanted to go. And I started writing more because I'm real passionate about writing and music. So instead of doing like these little like 50 word blurbs that, you know, you see on all the other blogs, I started actually writing like how I really feel about this song or how what makes me like this album, um, things of that nature. Maybe I can give advice from like my experiences. And so I started writing kind of like the, you know, how to send a proper email, why social media is important, you know, those kind of things and posting them. And that actually, I, did, I was really scared at first because I was like, all right, I'm changing 
people are, you know, people are going to fall off. They're not going to like the change, you know, whatever. I was more scared of that than anything, but it's actually helped me start my artist marketing business and it's gotten me more looks than anything in the last couple of years. Like it's so crazy. Joe, what is it that got you into music? Are you a musician yourself or do you have a tie to it in some way? I, uh, the only tie that I have musically is I played violin for four years in middle school. <laughs> awesome. uh, um, other than that, I was, um, I've always grown up around music. Like in, in my parents' house, it was, you know, my dad was a big classic rock guy. So Aerosmith, that kind of stuff. My mom was real big into pop music. That's how I discovered Michael Jackson and Prince. But nobody played hip hop in my house, so I had to discover it for my own and so my discovery with hip-hop is I became a Jay-Z fan because he was you know this is 98 99 he was kind of starting to bubble and then mm -hmm. sip it on the syrup dropped at the same time and so like I have these two extremes where I, I loved Jay-Z and then I grew to love southern hip-hop because of 3-6 right and, uh, it was all history from there you were you were hooked after that I, I take it uh, yeah I started um I used to have my friends make me, I used to make lists and he had a CD burner. And so I'd give him like four or five dollars or whatever at the time. And he would come back and, oh, yeah. and give me my, my mix CD. <laughs> and Those were um, the best, yeah. And, and then once I got like my own computer, I started making my own mix CDs. Yeah, to our younger listeners out there, there was a time where uh, people actually traded music. Where everything <laughs> was not, you know, available in the cloud, so to speak. Uh, and you had to carry around battery-powered uh, CD players that skipped and ate batteries like nobody's business. Oh, God. <laughs> you remember throwing your batteries in the freezer thinking that that would work? <laughs> I, man, I, I heard so many myths about the batteries, like take them out, flip them around, like, like put them in different in spaces, <laughs> rub them in your hands, <laughs> like give them a static charge. charge. Yeah. You've been running your blog for how many years now? Um, for, for Jehovah's Mind Frame, it's been, uh, it'll be four years at the end of the year. Four years. So, I mean, I'm just thinking, my blog is a, is a lot younger than yours. I've only been running mine for a year. Mm -hmm. uh, how much does marketing and branding play into uh, not only building your own brand and building yourself, but how much of it, of that knowledge do you get to share with artists and how much is branding and marketing come into play when you're in, I guess a musician? I, I feel like it's everything, but, but then again, I work in that department. So, so I'm going to say that, but I feel like if I feel like you can have the greatest bars in the world, but if it's not marketed right, nobody's going to care and nobody's going to hear you. Well, I, I have a blog, you have a blog. Everybody has a blog now. So it's one of those things where like, if you don't get picked up by a certain site, you know, so be it, you know, you gotta find your niche. You know, everything isn't for everybody. Like I, the, the artists I work with now, like I, you know, I don't send their music to every contact that I have. I love lyrics. I love, you know, listening to hip hop lyrics and stuff, but I'm not gonna sit there and listen to Talib Kweli or, you know, Immortal Technique or people that, because they, you know, that's not my style. You know, they, they don't really like wow me, but I'll sit there and listen to Kendrick Lamar all day long because he's been marketed right. And I 
you know, he's one of the best right now. Part of what's interesting about what you do, Joe, is that I think you sort of have a leg up on a lot of uh, people that, you know, we would be talking to or maybe listening to How a Human, just because a lot of us are artists and, you know, maybe a painter, filmmaker, you know, musician. But, you know, what you do involves the internet on a daily basis. And really, I don't, would you say you could do it as efficiently without the internet? Like the internet kind of created it in a way. Um, I think that there's, I think you can still do it without the internet. Yeah. I don't, I don't think that it's as effective though, because like, right. th think about like, like you don't talk to your friends the same way that you used to, you know, 15 years ago, like calling them up, sh shooting them a text, like everything right. that I've heard, like every recommendation that I've, I've gotten has come from like the internet. Mm -hmm. Um, because I don't trust my friends to give me hot music either. But yeah, um, but yeah I, I still think that there's like a grassroots method. I still think that there are things like that. Um, one, one of the key things, uh, one of the examples I wanna point out is um, my girlfriend does this uh, site called Do Orlando Local. And so all of her stuff, like we find out things through like word of mouth, like restaurants and, and you know, cool things. Like we find out word of mouth, but I would even venture to say that that's 50-50, like hearing it through people on the internet and, you know, right. just going out and experiencing things. So, so the internet's really, for sure. it's like a plus, it's like a double-edged sword because like you need it, but at the same time, you can also build without it. Do you say it's hard not to get lost in it? Just like you said, everyone has a blog and everyone is making music. Everyone's making videos, like everyone's doing everything. How do you stand out especially you know with what you do because you know i guess if you were a painter you could be like well you know my stuff isn't getting seen but i can just go paint this you know mural or whatever and i get some enjoyment out of that like with what you do it is very tied to people right mm -hmm. and engagement so is it, is it difficult to find that or do you think you have to be creative with it one of the things that i like to to talk about is thumb stopping content so what thumb stopping content is, this is what everybody does on social media. You pull out your phone and you scroll and you keep scrolling until you find something, like something that catches your eye. That's what you wanna do is you wanna have something that catches somebody's eye, which is essentially thumb stopping content. Once these hot trends, they come about, everybody jumps on them and then it's a little bit harder as the days go on. But I think that you can cut through. It's just like you have to, you have to be, you have to be relatable to your audience. Um, sure. And you gotta figure out who your audience is because your audience isn't everybody. Your audience is, you know, maybe you're making music for suburban moms like Macklemore and Flowrider, you know, the, the radio music. It's just about finding who wants your stuff and then giving it to them. When there's a lot of writers and bloggers and creatives online where you know, everybody's trying to do the same thing. You know, like you said, everybody does have a blog. And so it's it makes it more difficult to kind of carve out that niche, especially when everybody's doing it. You know, there's not, it, as far as the mainstream music, the same music is being put out. So a lot of these blogs are covering those same artists, those same musicians. Um, but it's like all the indie artists is are the ones that really make the blog stand out, um, each individual one, because some indie artists that you may find on your site, uh, we may not find on my site. And the same is true for 
this, that, and the third side, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, um, I don't know, it's hard to, and everybody has a different opinion about music too. Elaborating on that, what Tony said, do you feel like there's a pressure on you, Joe, or just blogs in general to like find that next big artist, the next Kendrick, the next Jay-Z, or, or do you think it's not really about trying to build up one of those titans? It's just about saying, hey, here's like this kid from Kentucky and he you would never have heard of him. He's got like a hundred followers, but his music is insane. Here it is. Um, like what what is it about in your opinion i don't i don't really i don't necessarily think because um finding the next like kendrick the next future kind of like the you know the next big thing in hip-hop that's not really my job and that's not really like the indie blogs jobs because a lot of that is is behind the scenes stuff that happens so we're that's why you're that's why everybody's hearing travis scott now because like the machine like whoever's behind travis scott they're like all right we're gonna we're gonna make this travis scott push happen and then that's how that's how a lot of those things happen for me it's about giving my my readers and my fans and my followers um my opinion on what i think is hot and you know if i find somebody who i think is going to explode i you know i have a few people that i do feel like i you know if they had that same kind of push they would be stars giving somebody a chance like that like when i did this in radio like that was my whole thing it's like i want to give people an opportunity to be heard and as long as it's good and i think you know that that it's going to attract people i think that that that's the most important thing because like we're all out here just wanting a chance at things and if i can provide that platform for somebody i you know i feel like that's more important than like breaking the next travis scott the next future the next kendrick right and and having that kind of power of you know marketing or a label you know i mean that doesn't go unnoticed i i mean i know in my sense of things i've done a lot of different music videos uh both in and out of hip-hop and the artists like you said that were like the indie artists and the local artists it's really tough to break even like a thousand views on youtube and like getting that is a really big deal and uh i mean i just did a video this last month and we had a premiere on double xl because it was a label and like that's the difference and it was really interesting like working you know, from one to the other. In my hometown, we didn't have like record reps come. Like we just played like kind of what was like hot on the charts. But right. at my in my job in Georgia, we would have meetings with record reps. They would come down, play us songs, mm-hmm. you know, and and talk to us about the industry and stuff. And that's where I learned a lot of, of of like what goes on behind the scenes and like how records get pushed to number one. I'm gonna ask you a music question since we're both bloggers here. Okay. I'm gonna ask you. Um, uh, you heard about the the new Jay Z album? I did. I have heard about this. How do you are you, how, how do you feel about Jay Z coming out with an album at at 40, almost 50 years old? You know, it's Jay's my favorite rapper, and obviously my site name is a nod to him. Uh, that was actually a nickname somebody called me in high school was Joe Hoba. Um, because of my Jay-Z fandom. And uh, I'm actually excited for for this Jay album because Jay, Jay's at the same point that like LeBron and, and Jordan and Kobe were all at at one point. They've done everything. They, there's, no, there's nothing to that they have to prove anymore. So like, and it's gonna be interesting to see like the perspective, like, Look, there's going to be dad raps on there. I'm fully aware that there are going to be dad raps on this album. But I'm here for them 
and mainly because like I, I I'm a father myself now and I kind of want to see like his perspective on things but Jay's ability to kind of like sneak in hot lines and you don't realize them for years. Like I go back and listen to his, to his discography every now and then, and I'm still picking up like lines and words and, and you know things that I didn't hear in the past when I listened to you know 24, 25 things like that. Right, and it's been what, four or five years since Jay's last dropped Magna Carta. Yep, so that was uh, 2013. Um, a lot has changed since then. Oh yeah, I mean he's due for it. On the YouTube teaser, they had like a big tie-in with Sprint. Mm -hmm. I don't know if y'all saw that. Mm -hmm. yeah. All the comments in there were, were, were killing Jay-Z for doing that. What, what are your thoughts on that? My, my kind of perspective is, you know, you do you as an artist, but I guess like some people were saying like, you know, he's at a point where he shouldn't even have to take a sponsor because he's got so much money. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think it kind of like messes with his genuine nature as being an artist? Or do you think it's just like, hey man, get yours? Nah, that because that that's a that's a damn good marketing ploy. Because like, as much as like, yeah. as much as everybody like, ha like I have AT and T and I used to have Verizon. I've never had Sprint, but everybody right. I know has Sprint or has had Sprint at some point. So to get that album in the hands of all the Sprint users immediately, that's genius it's almost it's basically the same thing with the samsung deal with magna carta when you yeah. know he went platinum out the gate because of that because they were all on the samsung phones so i right. think you know it's uh, from a marketing perspective it's brilliant and i mean i have title as is so like i'm gonna have the album day one but i you know i understand the frustration with people that like don't have sprint or don't have title and stuff because it's like it's the whole streaming wars thing and it's kind of you know it's kind of whack but yeah I, you know i think I, mean, it's, I think it's okay yeah people are always gonna find a way to hate uh i think even like within our own community artists like to hate on each other if one person gets a brand deal or does well or you know gets that kind of mainstream push and i mean i definitely understand some of the critiques but i mean you know you're coming at it from a marketing perspective mm -hmm. a totally different viewpoint and like i i agree i think if it helps get your stuff seen more power to you because there's indie artists struggling and grinding out there that would kill for like an eighth of that yeah so, like yeah like if, if there was like an indie artist that had like their like they got distribution through like cricket wireless like people would dog that person but it's a really smart business move because you're putting your music sure. in those people's hands it goes back to even you're saying you know jay-z being nearly like 50 still out there making music uh, I mean, gosh, it, it's it seems like things go one of two ways. It kind of seems like all the old classic rock guys, mm. like they just kind of go until they're in a wheelchair and like people kind of judge them for that. And a lot of them just kind of do the same song and dance. And, you know, that's what they do. But then, you know, you have other artists like uh, what's the band? Uh, Paramore, totally different, that just made an album that sounds like 80s disco-y pop. And like, if you go back to their early stuff, they're like an emo kind of band. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think like, you got to give some artists room to grow in the garden. You can't, you know, keep them contained in the same flower pot year after year. That's the, and uh, I'm so glad you brought that up because like I, I'm in the process of writing a post for, for hip hop and more about this, about like why yeah. artists are terrible for fan growth. Because like we expect, like we expect our favorite artists to keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, because mm -hmm. we as people, we don't like change. We, we, 
you know, we're scared of change. And, you know, I alluded to that with the whole, you know, I'm changing the formula for my blog. Like I was scared of something that stupid, but you know, people are, they, people don't allow their favorite artists to grow. They want them to keep, you know, putting out the same, same sounding records. But then if they do keep putting out the same sounding records, then they get killed for that too. Like there's no, there's no middle ground at all. Right. Exactly. Right. And that, I think that's, one of the things that makes Kendrick special. Um, he just turned 30 yesterday. So at 30 years old, he's dropped four classic albums. All right, and that's debatable, sure, but it's four classic albums. I've heard, yeah. you know, I heard Kendrick, uh, his music in the NBA Finals. I think that was probably pretty big. It seems like he's taking a, a he's take, when I think about it, he's taking a route similar to Kanye where he didn't have a lot of radio singles, you know, like Drake might have, but he has a lot of um, he has a lot of placement in like movies, commercials, yeah. things like that. So I think it's gonna be interesting to see how it plays out these next couple of years. Yeah, I mean Kendrick markets himself in a super interesting way. He almost feels indie, even though he's not. Like he has this kind of feel within his fan base right. that like, hey, we're onto something that you know y'all aren't. And uh, it, it's interesting to watch him grow because it's like no matter what album and, you know, as the years go on, you'd expect that to kind of wear off. But in a weird way, it feels like it's getting stronger every time he releases something. And uh, I mean, it, I'm interested to see what he does when he's like 40 and 50 and like how that momentum is going to keep up. He gets on that Taylor Swift remix and that song is like everywhere, you know, 20, what was that, 2015, 2016. Um, so, you know. Yeah, so they're they're on to something with Kendrick. He's eventually going to be in the kind of like the same kind of like challenging Drake for that pop thing right now. Bringing it back into, I guess, our audience and kind of a more younger, humble indie artist, musician, what have you. It, speaking to that curation, if they were looking to be curated by someone like you what would you say to them what do they need to be doing right now if you if you come to somebody with the right presentation and your music's quality i think that that's going to get you you know looks building relationships is real is is the major thing to remember for stuff like that like just because somebody doesn't like your song now or somebody doesn't like want to play like your song right now doesn't mean that they're never going to play or like one of your songs so it's important for artists to remember i think like where where you need to like establish a relationship, like a working relationship to where like, when you do find, like you figure it out and you're like, I have the recipe right now. Then you can go to those people and be like, hey, I have something that is undeniable for you. Tony and I had this conversation one or two episodes ago about being in a big enough city. Uh, you know, I know you're in Florida, you mentioned, uh, we're both now in North Carolina, I was in Louisiana. Uh, just recently moved back, but none of those three places really, you know, they're all, they have big cities in them, no doubt, but I don't think they're considered like the New York or the LA. Do you need to be in the New York or the LA or can you do it from anywhere? Man, you can do it from anywhere now. The internet has eliminated that. And that's why like designer has had a number one single that sounded like it was from Atlanta and he's from New York. That's why like New York artists, they've all sounded like the pop in ones. They've all sounded like they've been from Atlanta. Like, 
Like there's no boundary anymore when it comes to making it. Like you can make it from Terre Haute, Indiana, my hometown. You can make it from somewhere in Montana if you're hot. Like you, you know, there's, there's just, and the definition of making it is totally different too. Like, you know, you can be successful and make it and make a living off of the, you know, like being an indie artist if you have the right fan base you know get you 10,000 fans get you a, even a thousand fans and you can start making money off of that like there's there's no you know there's no boundaries or, or limits anymore how, how does someone uh decide to do this full-time like let's say like you said they're got a thousand followers they feel like they're getting somewhere. Do they uh, kind of get an agent? What, what do you recommend? Do as much as you can on your own first because that's important because you're, what you're building is, you're not just building yourself up as an artist, you're building a business. You're building a brand. And that's, those are key things to remember when it comes to like, you know, doing something like this. Like you're, you know, you gotta, you gotta have patience. I don't think you necessarily have to hire anybody off the bat. I don't think you have to move off the bat. I think that, you know, at some point you may have to do that stuff. You know, maybe, maybe once it becomes too much for you, you can start hiring people. You know, you just have to like, you have to market it to them and you gotta give them things to buy. You know, people don't buy music anymore. We all go to our phones Friday afternoon, Friday morning and play whatever's hot that just dropped. So you gotta give them reasons to, to buy stuff, to come to shows, you know, have cool merchandise, things like that. Like the game's totally different now. I know this guy named um, Huey Mac. He's uh, just dropped a mixtape and he gets like 280,000 plays on each of them. Um, plays reaching from that all the way up to 500,000 plays. He's dropped a mixtape every year for, I don't know, the past five years. And, you know, he, he has a nice flow. He has good production. Um, he's not signed by anybody, but he just posts his music to SoundCloud. And he just attracts, like, so many listeners. The guy is from Wisconsin. <laughs> and he moved to L.A. Like, just to pursue music. And now he's traveling back and forth, doing tours all across the nation. And... I don't know, man. It's interesting to see how it's changed. Like, if Jay-Z grew up in the environment that we have now, I don't know if he would even be Jay-Z. That's true. That's very true. But I, th I think a, a major thing is like this, like to touch on this again, is you said the guy Huey Mack, he's dropped a mixtape five years in a row. So the consistency of that, and he put in the patience and the hard work. And I feel like a lot of like, and it's not just artists, I feel like people in general, like they get it, like I'm, I'm really bad at this. I used to be, I'm trying to get better at it, but I have an idea. And then I write the idea down. And I'm like, yeah, I should do that idea. And then two weeks go by and I'm like, yeah, I should do that idea. And I haven't done anything to even pursue that idea. Or like you start doing it. And then a it's month, tough. you know, you do it for a month and you don't see any results. And you're like, oh, crap, I'm going to give this thing up because I'm not seeing any results. Like you have to have patience and perseverance. Like, you know, I've been in the music business industry, whatever you call it, since I was 18. I'm 30, I just turned 30 this year. 12 years I've been doing this and I'm just now at a point where I'm getting clients to help market music. I'm writing for you know a, a major site. You know, these things take time and, and dedication. And like, if you're not dedicated to anything like that, you might as well give it up. You have to stay consistent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, I cannot stress how important that is. Like. 
I have seen, you know, I, I come from the filmmaking side of things. I have seen so many great, you know, feature films, short films at festivals, and you will not hear from that filmmaker again for like five to 10 years. And what happened is they didn't get picked up by a big company. They didn't get theatrical distribution. You know, they didn't go on Netflix. And so they kind of said, oh, well, I guess it didn't work out. And like, they're talented folks. They just didn't keep the, you know, the drive and the momentum going. And like, I think it's the hardest thing, but the most quintessential thing is to like build on top of work yep. that's good, but it's it's not popping off in the way you want it to, but then still making new and still making new. Like, I respect that. Like, it's so difficult to do. It's, it's you can celebrate your small wins. Like, you're gonna have small yeah. wins throughout the process. Celebrate them. But don't let that be the big win because you're still right. building up to a big win. And, and like, you know, me, for me, it was like, you know, wanting to write for a bigger website. And I, you know, I just kept writing for myself and writing for, you know, my friends' websites and stuff like that. And then opening popped up, boom, I got it. And like, that was cool to celebrate, but now I have to actually do the writing and, and keep right. doing it. You know, it's, it's just, you have to like, you can celebrate them, but you gotta keep moving. People can get discovered at any moment. I mean, it might be in your first year, it might be in your 10th year, you know what I mean? Right. Like you've got guys that, that are old that can make stuff happen. I mean, you know, look at 2 Chains. I mean, that dude is not a young guy. Right. And, he, and he's, I mean, you know, he's successful. You know, say what you will about him. Think, um, think about but, this, like 2 Chains yeah. is like 40 now. And he didn't really start popping until a decade ago. Like people didn't know, people knew him as Titty Boy back in like 07 with Play a Circle. So even, so subtract that, he was 30 when he started popping. Get on Instagram and he has an entire uh, beauty salon dedicated under the branding of his new mixtape, his new album. Mm -hmm. And it's just, just dedicated towards women. You go there, get your nails done, get your hair did. And that's it. And you know, that's that's a rendition on a pop-up shop. But nobody but two chains could do it like that. That's that's what you call a niche market right there. It happens across all genres. It happens every day. Now granted, today is much harder to compete than it was in say twenty ten or you know, seven years ago. Mm -hmm. It wasn't quite as many people out there doing it. Uh, as the technology has gotten cheaper for both music and everything else, you know, to make stuff, more people are naturally going to get into that gate. But I mean, really anything can happen. I mean, the guy I did a music video for, Caleb Brown in Baton Rouge, he is only 18, but he was on SoundCloud and he's got signed to a major label. You, like wait, you did his video? You know what's yeah. funny is I posted him for Saturday Spotlight on Hip Hop and More maybe a month ago or so. No way. Yeah. Oh, dude, you were ahead of the curve. <laughs> we shot the video like a month ago, and it came out like two weeks ago. That's, that's dope. That's crazy. That That's the universe talking. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, shout out to Caleb Brown. He's a great uh, up-and-coming artist out of Baton Rouge. Y'all should check his stuff out. Yeah, that, that's that's amazing. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's what it's all about though, right? The internet and meeting people and uh, connections and really putting yourself out there. Because if you wait around, like nothing's gonna happen. You're gonna be no further than where you're at. It's just an idea unless you put action into it. So yeah, Joe, taking us out, uh, what are you working on now and uh, anything you wanna plug and tell us about and any advice maybe for 
our audience to you know keep in touch with you and all that um so yeah first of all thanks for having me this was this was amazing and i can't wait to listen to more of these with with guests and just with you two you guys are awesome and you guys dive into a lot of good issues um uh for me i do a um i do a mailing list uh with like artist advice and then um i'm trying to get back into like the video of it i'm about to launch a podcast for artist advice actually um so all of that you can find out all that information just follow me on twitter at johovas mf and then that's the name of my website too i'm on instagram there too so you know i I, you know if you have questions people have questions or anything they can feel free to ask i'm not you know i'm not gonna like say no i'm not gonna answer this you know pay me you know nothing like that like you know i want to see the indie artist win i i'm really I, you know, I just want to see everybody win. I want to, there's enough money out there for everybody to eat. And, and I think a lot of people forget that. So, so I definitely, you know, I have no problem giving advice if people want to hit me up on Twitter or, um, you know, check out the site for the mailing list and, and things like that. Um, right now I'm kind of just working on some artist projects that, that, that I have for clients. Um, so I told him I'd do this if I had the opportunity. So shout out to Marcus J out of Austin, Texas. Uh, he's really dope. And, uh, his song is called sense of direction and it's on SoundCloud right now. So check that out. If you're listening to this and you like discovering indie hip hop, we'll be sure and, uh, link everything that you mentioned in our notes at the end of the uh, show in the description on the website. Thanks, man. We really appreciate you coming on. I'm glad to be here. You know, you guys won't ever need me back. I'm happy to join you again. Most definitely. Appreciate it, Joe. Take care. Have a good one. All right, you too. All right, guys, that was Joe Hova. He talked a lot about uh, taking taking risks, um, a lot of the change in the music industry, and what can, we can expect moving forward. I think Joe had a lot of really interesting perspectives on marketing you know as a creative but also as a marketer and how you can use the internet to your advantage you know there's really more tools and resources available to us now than any generation before us and it's kind of on us to find it and on us to cut through the noise so joe had a lot of really cool things to say so yeah guys thanks again for listening to episode four of how we human come back next week where we'll have cole bryan on he is a videographer youtuber and appalachian trail through hiker hiked it from Georgia to Maine, so you won't want to miss that one. Thanks again, guys. Stay tuned to us at How We Human Pod on Twitter. And of course, you can find us on iTunes and SoundCloud and all that great stuff. Take care, and we'll see you next week.